What I'd like to do here this morning is to spend just a little time encouraging those of you that are mothers. My hope is that you will come to recognize and to completely understand your importance in this role. I want you to leave here today with a proper perspective of motherhood. Not that I can speak from experience, of course, but it's very easy to lose sight of the fact that you have tremendous value in your role as a mother. When I think about the role of a mother, I can't help but think of the word blessing because that is really what a mother is. She is a blessing. So I'd like to take a look at that word for a moment here, the word blessing. What does it mean to be a blessing? Well, Webster's Dictionary defines the word blessing in three ways. It says, number one, a special favor, mercy, or benefit. Number two, a favor or gift bestowed by God, thereby bringing happiness. Number three, the acts or words of a person who blesses. So that's the definition of, definition of the word blessing. Now, to me, those three definitions also define a mother. And I'd like to expound on that here for a little bit. So let's break it down here. Again, the number one definition there was a special favor, mercy, or benefit. That's what a blessing is. Well, what greater benefit is there than to have a person in your life that tends to your every need? If you are cold, they make you warm. If you are hot, they cool you down. If you are sad, they cheer you up. If you are messy, they clean you up. And on and on it goes, right? Well, each one of you that is a mother that's listening right now, you are a special favor, a gift of mercy and a benefit. Yes, you have been giving a blessing by having a child or children, but you must also realize that you are a blessing. Think about this. The greatest form of life here on this earth is without a doubt human beings, right? It's not plant life or animal life or any other form of life. Human life is the greatest form of life. Mankind is God's greatest creation. And God loved mankind so much that he gave his only begotten son to redeem us, right? so that he might redeem us and, and give to us eternal life. God didn't come to the cross to die for the sake of a tree or a flower or an animal or any other form of life, right? God places tremendous value on human life. And the one that he uses to give birth to human life is you, a mother, Think about these scriptures. Genesis 1.26 says, And God says, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. So think about that. 
So since mankind is created in the image of God, then that places a a pretty high importance on human life, doesn't it? Psalm 139 verse 14 says, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So human beings are called in the Bible fearfully and wonderfully made. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. So, you see, I'm pointing these scriptures out to you because you, as a mother, have been given a tremendous responsibility. You have the privilege and the honor to spend countless hours right now with God's greatest creation and to nurture that creation and to train up that creation. The number one focus of a mother is to take care of the highest form of all of God's creation and that is human life. So let this sink in. Are you getting the point here? Now, don't take me wrong. I know that you have a ton of other stuff to do. But I want you to realize today that you are blessed to be a mother. And therefore, you are a blessing. You have tremendous value on this earth. Now, the second way that Webster's defines blessing is a favor or gift bestowed by God thereby bringing happiness. Wow. I want to read that again. A favor or gift bestowed by God, thereby bringing happiness. You see, as a mother, you are a gift bestowed upon the lives of your children. You are a blessing. Therefore, your children are blessed. The problem is they don't understand that, do they? They really don't realize how blessed they are to have a mother, so they just may take you for granted. You know, there's a story I once read about a man named Heinz Ward. He was a professional football player for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He is part Korean on his mother's side and part African-American on his father's side. His dad was an American soldier in Korea. His mother was a native of Korea. The dad left Korea and left him and his mother behind. To my understanding of the story, his dad had no part in his life at all. His mother raised him as a single mother. In Korea, children like Heinz are known as mixed-blood children. They are outcast. At least while he was growing up, that was the case. And they were often abused by the rest of Korean society. And Heinz's mother needed to get her son out of Korea, and she made her way to America and raised him in Atlanta. And in this story... I heard it said that he grew up ashamed of his mother and he used to sit low in the car when she would drop him off at school because he too lived with discrimination from kids that teased him for having a Korean mother. 
One day, he looked back at the car as his mother dropped him off, and she was crying. And he now was ashamed for a different reason. He said that the person who loved him the most and gave her whole life for his well-being, he was ashamed of, and he realized that he had hurt her. But when the Pittsburgh Steelers won the Super Bowl in 2006, Heinz Ward was the MVP. The country of Korea now saw him differently. They saw him as a hero. He was made an honorary citizen of Korea, and as a result, the thousands of mixed-blood kids in Korea now have the right to be citizens and to become police officers and firefighters and soldiers. Heinz Ward realized late in life what a blessing his mother was and is. As a result of her commitment to his life, a whole country was impacted and thousands of lives were changed. All of this because his mother was relentless. She had a child to raise. She couldn't control his heart. She could do nothing about the way he felt when he was teased, but she realized that she was blessed with the life of a child. And no matter the thanklessness of that job or the lack of appreciation, she continued to be a blessing. You know, I have a personal story where I grew up with a kid that was just horrible to his mom. I still remember it to this day. I would go over to their house and he would be so disrespectful to his mother that it would amaze me. Not that I was a perfect kid myself by any stretch of the imagination, but this kid treated his mom real bad. And some years later, when I was about 20 years old, I ran into this guy and he told me that his mom had passed away. And he sat down next to me and he he leaned his elbows on his knees and he put his head down and said, Dave, if my mom were still alive today, I would treat her like a queen. You see, your role as a mother may not be rewarded with thanksgiving and adoration, but you are loved. And you must come to grips with this fact. Your children love you in a very pure way, and that is from the heart. You're probably not always going to see that love in an outward manner, but you must press on and continue to be a blessing. Again, you are a blessing and you are blessed. Now, the third definition that Webster gives us there is the act or words of a person who blesses. That's what a blessing is. The acts or the words of a person who blesses. So, since you are a blessing, and since you are blessed, this does require action on your part. So, let's repeat that third definition one more time. A blessing is the act or words of a person who blesses. The act or words, okay? We're going to get into that here. So since you've been given this responsibility to nurture and care for God's greatest creation, how precious should you treat that blessing? Keep in mind 
that they are only with you for a short period of time. They are created in the image of God. They are a gift given to you to raise up, but the day will come when they will no longer be under your wing. You know, this reminds me of an old Christian song by a guy named Wayne Watson. Some of you may have heard it before, but in this song, he talks about pictures that his kids bring home. And he and his wife can't actually, you know, make it out what it is that they have drawn. But in the words of the song, it says, There are watercolored ponies on my refrigerator door and the shape of something I don't really recognize. Brushed with careful little fingers and put proudly on display, a reminder to us all of how time flies. It seems an endless mound of laundry and a stairway laced with toys gives a blow-by-blow reminder of the war that we fight for their well-being, for their greater understanding, to impart a holy reverence for the Lord. And the words go on, and he's speaking to his wife in the song, you know, and it says, Baby, what will we do when it comes back to me and you? They look a little less like little boys every day. And the pleasure of watching the children growing is mixed with the bitter cup of knowing that the water-colored ponies will one day ride away. It's a sad song, I know. But nonetheless, it is the truth about these blessings that are now in your care. They won't always be there. So you will need to handle them with extreme care. Time is short. You are blessed to be a blessing. So redeem the time. Walk gently. Speak kindly. And hold them closely. But be ready to let them go. Ultimately, your children will grow up to imitate you as a parent. How many of you have ever said, I'll never be like my mother? And how many of you are beginning to realize that you are, in many ways, just like your mother? Is that a good thing? Sometimes, but not always. You see, God doesn't make clones. He makes very unique individuals. You are not to be your mother, the sequel, and your kids are not to be you. There is no one on this earth like you. There is no one on this earth like your child. Not one set of duplicate fingerprints out there, right? Your children are created in the image of God, and you need to be careful to see them as such. I want to stress it to you again that they are yours temporarily. You are raising them up to let them go. Will your heart break when that time comes? Sure it will. As a father, I can think back on a time when my first son was uh, in, in his car seat and he's singing along with the radio and he's singing, Our God is an awesome God. You know, he was maybe three years old at that time. And, and now he's married and I'm a grandfather. Where does the time go? But again, as parents, we must all come to understand that we are raising our children to become men and women. You're not raising them to remain children. 
You will do their future spouses a great disservice if you don't let them grow and let them go. Oftentimes, some of the biggest marital problems that I have seen stem from mothers that won't let go. And, you know, the letting go part, that's the bitter cup to take. That's the hard thing to swallow. But we must train and raise our children up unto the Lord. We want to raise them up to be adults, responsible adults that are honoring the Lord with their lives. For most of you here this morning, the day of their departure hasn't come yet. In other words, if you're the mother of a young child, right? That's, that time may seem to you like it's still quite a ways off. And I don't want to discourage you this morning by getting you thinking about them leaving. But if you do think about it, it will impact the way you raise them now you will realize that life is short and your responsibility is huge. Not only is life short, but the time you have with your children right now, it's short, right? As you raise your children, your role again is to nurture them and to care for them and to treat them as precious little beings like that they really are, right? I understand that When your child stands before you with a crayon in his hand and the writing is literally on the wall, they may not seem so precious at that time. But when you focus on whose they are, right, and not what they do, you will treat them as precious. Again, remember, they are created in the image of God. Now, They need to be disciplined, and we'll talk about that here as we go on. But there's a difference in the way we discipline. You see, I grew up in a home of yelling. My dad was a yeller, and all I wanted to do was get away from that yelling. I can remember from the time I was eight years old hating that yelling, right? Like I said, all I wanted to do was get out of there, and one day I did. Now, let me ask you something. How does it make you feel to be yelled at or spoken down to? What if I came here today and began telling you how dumb something you've done is or, 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 or said something to you like, what are you thinking? How stupid can you be? I would have no right to do that, would I? I don't own you. I don't have the ability to create human life. Well, nor do we as parents. We don't have the right to talk down to the ones that God deems as precious in his sight. He gives them to us to train up unto him. Again, there is a time and a method of disciplining, right? But yelling at them, talking down to them, is not that method. If you don't discipline them, you don't really love them, the Bible says, but you don't need to demean them by raising your voice to them or speaking down to them. Now, why do I bring this up? Well, because many people fall into this trap and and they begin to find themselves raising their voice at their children when 
It's not really the way they want to be. But you just must, we just need to be reminded of the fact that our voice is not an instrument of discipline. Nowhere in God's word does he give us the right to speak down to anyone. That's not love. Love is patient. Love is kind. 1 John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. You see, your children will imitate you. And soft words turn away wrath, Proverbs 15, 1 says. And we all know the saying, right? You catch more honey. You catch more flies, I mean, with honey. You have a voice and you have a choice, right? You have a choice of how to use that voice. You can speak with kind words or you can speak with harsh words. And if you train up your children with kind words and then you follow it up with proper discipline, You know, you get them to the point where they understand. Well, maybe as a a little small child, maybe you say something to them three times. Hey, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And then you take the route of biblical discipline. You know, in a gentle way, in a kind way, in a loving way. But then as you're training them up, you get them to the point where, hey, maybe I'm only going to tell them two times. Hey, don't do that. Don't do that. And then we take them to the gentle, kind, loving, biblical discipline. And then as they get older, you tell them one time. Why? Because you're training them up to be obedient, right? Because if they can't hear your voice, how will they ever hear God's voice? If they can't hear your voice and be obedient, right? And never... Use your hands to discipline because your hands are to reach out in love. So neither your voice nor your hands are, you know, instruments for discipline. God's word lays out instructions for discipline. Follow them and you can't go wrong. But the words that you speak have tremendous impact on the souls of your children. Speak kindly and speak softly. You'll then see that they will eventually imitate you in this area as well. Again, God often speaks to us in a still small voice, right? So you need to get them used to hearing that kind of voice and being obedient to it because in the grand scheme of things, it's God's voice that you really want them to hear. And he for sure isn't going to yell at them or speak down to them. God's voice to his children is a voice of love. His thoughts toward us are good. Psalm 139 verse 17 and 18 says, How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. This is the way God is to us, right? And that scripture applies to both you and your children. That he's precious to them. 
they're precious to him and, and, and you are precious to him. Jesus said that from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you will imitate Christ, then your children will be left with that example. They will still need to make their own decision to serve the Lord with their lives someday. But that doesn't change the example that you are to be as a mother. Remember how I started this teaching out this morning? I said that I wanted to encourage you, and that really is the intent of this teaching. You see, we all blow it. We all make mistakes. As a mother, you don't do and you won't do everything right. Your job is not to be perfect. There has only been one perfect person that has ever walked this earth and is not you and is not me. But if you have the habit of yelling at your kids, just drop that habit now. Get rid of it. Repent of it. And begin to develop the habit of speaking softly. Be firm in your role as a mother, but be kind and gentle as well. It can be done. It just takes practice. You are a blessing to your children. They do love you. And if you direct your kids in the way of Jesus Christ, you will be blessed as a mother. But seek the Lord for wisdom on how to raise your children without raising your voice and without raising your hands. Use the rod on the bottom of their bod because this is God's direction to us as parents. Because in so doing, you will, you will spare their souls from a lot of anguish in this life. Remember, God is love. He loves you. And his children that he has entrusted into your care, he loves them. Don't forget that. Your children are on loan to you from God. I have hanging on the wall in my office something that I once received from my oldest son when, when he was little on Father's Day. And it's a poem, and it, it has his little footprint inside of a bigger footprint. And I'd like to, to read that to you right now because it pertains to you in your role as a mother as well. It says, Walk a little plainer, please, said a little child so small. I'm following your, in your footsteps, and I don't want to fall. Sometimes your steps are very plain. Sometimes they are hard to see. So walk a little plainer, please, for you are leading me. I know that once you walked this way many years ago, and what you did along the way I'd really like to know. For sometimes when I'm tempted, I don't know what to do. So walk a little plainer, please, for I must follow you. Someday when I'm grown up, you are like I want to be. Then I will have a little child who will want to follow me. And I would want to lead just right 
and know that I was true. So walk a little plainer, please, for I must follow you. So be encouraged today, because as a mother, you have one of the greatest roles in all of society. God has blessed you. You are a blessing. You are blessed, and you are to be a blessing. God bless you.